You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Hey, Richard. What's up, Logan? Do you like the new t-shirt I'm wearing? Wait, your shirt has a picture on it. And it has the Hey, I Got a New Book podcast logo. That is so cool. I want one. Well, you can ask your dad to buy you one from our Tee Public store. The store has a great collection of merchandise, including t-shirts, hoodies, masks, and phone cases. It's a great way to show off support for our show. I'll say, and that shirt looks great too. The kid on the right looks super pogey. Pogey? What's pogey? It's a Filipino word that means handsome. Oh, you're right. I do look handsome. Thank you. I said the one on the right. Yeah, I'm on my... I'm the one on my right, so thanks. No, I meant my right. You should have said that. Do they have stickers and mugs? Yep, they even have pillows so you can lay your head down each night and fall asleep looking at me. And end up having night meals! Hey, that's not nice. So, how do I listen to those and I get to the store? Just go to our website, www.heygotanewbook.com and click on the merchandise link. Cool, I'm going to order today. Awesome. Now, I think we better get back to the show, though. Oh, yeah. Uncle Dusty, cue the music. Hey, I'm John Patrick Green. I'm the author of the Investigator series, and you're listening to the Hey, I Got a New Book podcast. Welcome to the Hey, I've Got a New Book podcast, starring Logan D. and Richard S. Today's special guest is author and illustrator of the Investigator's book series, John Patrick Green. And today's book is Investigators Off the Hook. And now, here's Richard and Logan. Hey Logan, we have a special guest joining us now. Care to know who it is? Sure, who is it? It's New York Times bestselling author, John Patrick Green, author and creator of Investigators. Awesome, welcome Mr. Green. Thanks thanks for joining us Mr. Green. May we call you John? Yes, of course. Okay, cool. For our listeners, John has created three books about the investigators, and we have reviewed and loved two of these books so far. We are really excited to dive into book three and ask John some really cool questions. So, folks, we might get a little spoilery, so go check out the book, Investigators Off the Hook, then come back and listen. So, are you ready, John? I am. So, John... Your book revolves around two alligators named Mango and Brash. Where did you come up with the characters? So uh, it basically started with the title, uh, Investigators. So, you know, I had that old joke, what do you call an alligator that solves crimes, an investigator? And I knew that that's what the book was going to be called and what it would be about. Um, but I didn't know how many alligators there would be. At first, I thought there might be three alligators, like it would be a team of three. So I started drawing, and I drew one with a round snout, and I drew one with a squared snout, 
And after that, I couldn't think of another simple shape for a snout, um, one that would be, you know, not too complex or anything. So then I said, okay, no, they're just two alligators. And that made me think of buddy cop movies. They're really big in the 80s. You know, you have these two characters that kind of butt heads. They're, they're both like working on the same team. They're both good guys, but like one might be smart. One might be a little less smart. It re- made me remember this really old one called Tango and Cash. I liked the the kind of the rhythm of the name Tango and Cash. And so I thought I would do a parody of that and call them Mango and Brash. That's cool. Which alligator is your favorite and why? Uh, <laughs> it's hard for me to choose, uh, but I do know that most people like Mango the best. And... Um, and I get it because uh, he's he's kind of silly and funny, so he he definitely has an edge. Um, and for me, when I'm creating a story, uh, Mango can basically do anything at any moment. You know, I can just he could just be completely off the wall, um, and that makes him maybe a bit more fun to write. Whereas Brash, on the other hand, is always, you know, trying to stay on the mission and and be serious. Um, But that's kind of why they work so good together. Like they work as a pair in my mind because I I can't just have one character who is is always making a joke about everything because then the story would just, nothing would, would happen because this one character is just always making jokes. I need another character that can keep things, you know, keep the story on the rails, (laughs) on track, while the other character is going off the rails. But yeah, so I can't can't really, I can't really choose, but I I totally understand when people say Mango is their favorite. Yeah, I also say Mango's my favorite, too. I don't have a favorite either. Who's who's your favorite character? I like Cilantro. I think he's funny. Oh, Cilantro, yes. She's great. You used a lot of acronyms like suit and tail blizzards and arms division. Where do you find the inspiration for them? Do you make up the initials first and then find words that fit or do the letters flow naturally? I usually think of the, uh, the full word first. So I'll think of arms or suit or vest and then I'll figure out what each of those letters stand for and, and try to find up, you know, figure out something that, that's kind of funny. Uh, but it can, be, it can be pretty hard because sometimes I'll, I'll pick a word that I definitely want to use. And in, in the fourth book, you know, there's pants, which is on the, on the cover of the book. And that plays an important part of the story uh, because it's, there are parts where it's funny that people are saying pants. Um, but it was a challenge to find the right <laughs> the right words for each of those letters. But yeah, it usually starts with the the, the main word and then all the all the all the, the definitions afterwards. The funny thing is in the vest, the at the last letter, wait, it was in arms on the last letter. You like listed three different words that begin with S and the funniest one was the last one and it was like something. Yeah. Yeah, like that's uh, that's sort of a 
a joke of I couldn't think of I wanted it to be arms um but I couldn't think of what the s would stand for so I just threw out every word I could think of and I thought it would be funny if no one actually no one can actually remember what the last letter stands for where'd you get the idea of crack crocodile as a recurring bad guy uh so crocodile actually started as an idea for a completely different book but i never did anything with that story but i liked the name and so when i started investigators and i started developing like okay who would the other characters be i had that name crocodile and the thing with that's pretty common in in comic books is that a villain is sometimes like a mirrored version of the hero. And I thought, well, okay, crocodiles and alligators, they're, everyone thinks they're interchangeable, you know, they're pretty similar. So I thought, okay, the bad guy could be a crocodile. Um, but villains also have like tragic backstories where they either how they got their powers or like what made them turn evil. So I was like, well, what if, what if this, crocodile became a cracker because he fell into a vat of radioactive saltino and plus crocodile is just kind of a funny thing to say and the even funnier thing is waffle waffle yes so let's let's discuss today's book a little today's book is investigators off the hook which continues one of the stories from book two investigators take the plunge john would you mind telling us what our favorite member of suit are up to in this installment uh yeah so uh so book three begins with uh Mangwan brash going through some some training exercises and uh they're still trying to locate the snake armed man from book two you know he's still that was the the one part of the mystery that they hadn't yet resolved in the second book. Um, so what they don't know about the character uh, who is now called Hookline and Slinker is that he's uh, teamed up with Crackerdile, or at least the, the, what remains of Crackerdile. Um, and together they're trying to set up a secret lair in the old opera house that was destroyed in um, in the the last book, and so uh, so all that is going on um, while the Gators are are you know just trying to piece together what may have happened, and then it's not until they learn of a bank robbery uh, that they're they finally get a lead on where Hookline and Slinker might be, and so that's basically where how the the story takes off. And during that time. Uh, Crocodile was in one of his stages, and they thought he was dead because of the robot, since it was mixed with water. When he went right through it, he got melted into a puddle, but he yes. still survived. That's right, yes. He, uh, Crocodile was, you know, he was, of course, originally a crocodile named Daryl when he was a good guy, but then he, he got turned into a, a radioactive saltine cracker, and then at the end of book two, he he gets wet, and so he he basically turns into mush. Um, and so in book three, he starts as you know just this bucket of of dough essentially, but he manages to find a way to get turned into a waffle, 
uh, but that's not where that's not where it ends. He keeps, you know, he'll he'll be back. You know, the waffle's not even his final form. For our listeners who may not remember, can you tell us how Bill Plungerman, Ace Plummer, became Hookline and Slinkle in book two? Yeah. Let's see if I can I can I can keep it as simple as possible. Um, so Bill Plungerman is a plumber. Uh, he was called to the science factory. Uh, science factory is where they make a lot of experiments and stuff. Um, he was called there after there was a flood, uh, in, and he had to fix a pipe in the snake lab. Uh, so before the flood, another experiment named Prime Robot uh, had become infected with. Um, this this code, this computer code, that gave him the ability to combine things, um, and then during the flood he short circuited, and because he he had these combinotron powers, he ended up combining with the water in the flood, and that kind of turns him into this like mist or fog, uh, which when everyone you know sees him, it kind of makes him look like this this ghost, like a spectral appearance. So Bill Plungerman is in the snake lab <laughs> trying to fix the pipe when a loose anaconda uh, wraps around his arm. And at that same moment, the, the robot ghost shows up and, and you know, lunges at him. And, and they all touch. And because of the combinotron powers, uh, Bill Plungerman ends up combining with the snake that was on his arm. At the same time, he he had uh, this tool in his hands called a, a drain snake. And so because he had that tool and Bill had the snake all at the same time and they all combine, it basically turns the snake and arm into this like grappling hook that can like coil out and grab things. Uh, and so that's how he became um, hook line and slinker it's cool and doesn't the snake have like hypnotizing powers yes the snake has kind of hypnotizing powers at the end of book two crocodile says let me tell you a story about the tail blazers and in this book we start to meet the tail blazers who are they and what are they trying to do yes so so tail blazers t-a-i-l Blazers is um, essentially Crackerdile since he his whole his whole deal is that he used to be a, an agent he used to be a good guy uh, an agent of suit which is uh, the good guy team stands for uh, special undercover investigation teams but but Crackerdile feels that they've betrayed him because they left him for dead so his idea is to put together a team, a bad guy team, to rival suit. And, and he comes up with this acronym, TAIL, T-A-I-L, for Total Annihilation of Idiot Lawdoers. Um, Lawdoers isn't even a real word. <laughs> it's just a compound word that I made up to make the acronym work. And, um, and Blazers is, is basically another word for a suit jacket. In the third book, he wants to, you know, try and recruit more members. So with the help of Hookline and Slinker, they, they do things like they make flyers. Um, and there aren't really any other members yet. Uh, it's all about trying to, to 
you know, find other bad guys with like-minded goals of um, defeating good guys. In book two, Crocodile is trying to steal a vest from Suit. In this book, we have some new vests for Mango and Brash. What makes them special? Um, so the vests in uh, this in the series, normally the way it works is each time the alligators go undercover in different jobs, like if they're chefs or construction workers or you know, orchestra musicians, <clears throat> each time they, they go into a different disguise, they need a new vest. Uh, but in book three, Sven Septipus, the octopus who designs all the vests, he has developed a sort of camouflage technology that can change the look of a vest so that if the, the gators go in disguise as you know scientists or as bankers or whomever all they have to do is press a button and their their vest will sort of change into the new look uh, so that's the new technology that they have but the uh unfortunate thing is that this is experimental technology it hasn't really been tested yet so they're wearing prototypes, which means that they, 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 they might go wrong. There might be mistakes, uh, which, of course, they end up finding out during the course of the book. How does Sven get all the cool tech in, in, to fit inside a vest? I don't really know. <laughs> um, he uses uh, like nanotechnology primarily to, to make things big and small. So it's sort of almost like everything is tiny little robots. You know, I know Iron Man has suits that are like made up of tiny little molecules that can wrap around his body and stuff. So yeah, it's all that sort of stuff. By the end of the book, the Snake Arm Plunger Man, Hook, Line, and Slinkle redeems himself any chance we will, we will see Bill Plungerman in future books? Yes, he will be back, but it'll just be a little while until we get to him. Cool. What about Waffle Dial? He seems to not be going anywhere for some time. Will he continue to cause problems for heroes? Yes. Daryl, in his numerous different forms, be it a cracker or a waffle, he will be back. He's currently been turned into a statue at the end of book three, spoiler. So the real question is how, what will happen to him now that he's kind of petrified? Um, so he will be, he will be back. Not necessarily immediately, but he will he will be back. Cool. Cilantro seems to be a neat new character, and from the end of the book, it looks like he might be our next supervillain. Any truth to that? Uh, she might be uh, a villain, or she might not be a villain. That's kind of a little bit of a mystery. Um, that's kind of the, the tease is, you know, is she going to be evil? Uh, you'll find out in the next book and it's, you know, you, it's, you find out relatively early on which way she's going to go because at the end of book three, it's implied, you know, she, she finds one of the, the tailblazers flyers. And the question is, Ooh, is she going to join tailblazers or what is she going to do who knows at okay. the end of this book something happens to brash will we see him in, in a future book oh yeah 
Yeah, Brash is, he's in the hospital, he's recovering, but he's not not out of the picture yet. I think it's funny, at the end of book three, Robo Brash says, walk this way, and then Mango just copies him the exact way. Yes, that is, that is a joke completely ripped off from Young Frankenstein. When will book four be available for our listeners to get a copy? Book four comes out uh, later this year on... I think September 28th. Not very, not very far away. Cool. You said Pants plays a big part in book four. Can you let our listeners in on what Pants stands for? Um, I mean, I could, but I think it's funnier if you find out what it means uh, in the context of the, of the book. It's pretty early on in the book that you find out what it, what it means. Um, but I think if you know ahead of time, it's not quite as funny. It's kind of giving away the punchline. Throughout the book, you break the fourth wall and reference that the characters are aware they are in a book. That's fun. What made you start to do that? That was always something uh, I would put into my comics ever since I was a little kid. You know, one of my favorite strips growing up was, was Garfield. And Garfield always did things where he, he talks to the audience. It's not necessarily that meta, but he'll, he'll definitely be saying things that are purely only for the audience to hear. So whenever I can work one in, and it's not too cerebral, like it's still funny enough visually or something, I will, I will try to get away with it. Cool. How many more adventures of Mango and Brash will we get to see? Don't know the the actual total number, um, because basically I'll just keep making them for as long as people are reading them. Fourth one comes out this year. The the fifth one comes out next February. It comes out 2-2-22-2022. So 2-2-2-2-2 is when uh, book five of Investigators comes out. And I'm currently working on book six. So there will definitely be a sixth one, but there are ideas for books past that. Keep reading them, and I'll keep making them. Good. I'll definitely keep reading the books. Me too. So, John, let's ask some questions about you. You live in Brooklyn, New York, in an apartment that doesn't allow animals. If you're allowed to have any animal live with you in your apartment, which would you choose? I think it would be cool to have a capybara. I don't know if you know what capybaras are. I think they're primarily an East Asia animal. Um, but they're basically really giant rodents. <laughs> they look like kind of like enormous guinea pigs. We also looked up what capybaras are, and they look pretty cool. They also kind of do look like giant hamsters. Yeah, yeah. What inspired you to become a writer and artist of an animal-themed book? I think the big inspiration for why I like to draw animals is really just I think they're I think they're easier for me to draw than people. I have trouble when I'm doing cartoons of people. I don't know. They never look right to me. I, whereas animals, I think I just have more fun drawing animals. So I like making stories where I get to draw a lot of animals. I still draw people. I just have a harder time fig- figuring out how to draw the people in the, in the stories than I do the animals. Like Aiden and Nine. And I thought it was funny how Mango thought it was eight and nine. Because that's what yeah. it kind of sounds like. Aiden and nine. Yeah. Um, I've, that is a little bit of a hard, hard gag. To, to pull off. I wanted to make sure it didn't seem like Mango was, was making fun of anyone's 
names and it's more of an audio joke i think it is a joke that that kind of works better if you if you you hear it performed like the whole sequence than than seeing it written how do we know you're really not a bunch of animals living inside a human suit uh probably because i'm not i'm not sneezing if i was i'm very allergic to animals if i was full of animals i i probably i'd be sneezing and my nose would be running and everything I think that's the big tip-off. This book is dedicated to Steve, Heidi, Amy, and the rest of the D.A.Q.U. Would you care to tell us what the D.A.Q.U. is and the role they play in your life? Yeah, so the, the D.A. crew, uh, D.A. stands for Disney Adventures, and Disney Adventures magazine was one of my earliest jobs out of college. And um, it was this magazine that had comics in it. And I was the comics assistant at the magazine, but Steve, Heidi, and Amy were the three main editors. And, you know, they were big influence in terms of my professional development, working as a, a comics professional. Cool. When did you decide that you wanted to draw comics? Very early on. <laughs> when I was, I mean, it was probably around first grade uh, or before then when really I started just getting into art and, and everyone knew me as, as an artist, as a little kid. So I would draw, I would copy comic, you know, Garfield from the newspapers and other kids would see me drawing Garfield. And because other kids wanted me to, to draw the character for them and just draw other things for them. I was like, oh, hey, here's the thing I like to do that I'm good at and people keep asking me to do. So I think by fourth grade, by third or fourth grade, I started charging the money. And then eventually um, I started uh, making photocopies and stapling them together to make comic books. And I would sell photocopies of my comics. I like to draw and even started to draw my own comic. What advice do you have for anyone interested in drawing comics or graphic novels? Probably the, the same advice that anyone anyone gives, but it's, you know, it's solid advice is that if you like doing it, and if you're having fun doing it, keep doing it. And it's like how you learn anything else. You practice, you rehearse, you work out, you play around, <clears throat> whatever it takes to make yourself happy in doing that and feel by your own judgment that you are getting better or progressing, then keep doing that. If you want to be a professional artist, part of that is that other people are going to have to look at it. Everyone's going to have a different opinion of the work. And you just have to say to yourself that the the only real valid opinion is your own. And so if you like your work and you're proud of your work and one person doesn't like it, then, you know, forget them and find someone who does like your work because it's guaranteed that there are going to be some people out there that will love your work. And, you know, and that, that can provide the encouragement that some people might need to keep going. Thanks for the advice. John, we want to thank you so much for spending time with us to discuss Investigator Off the Hook and learn a little about you. We hope you'll come back and join us again for a future book. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Thank you, John, for coming.
And remember, listeners, Investigator's Book 3 Off the Hook is out now. So go check out your local booksellers and pick up your own copy today. And you can pre-order Book 4 Investigators Ants in Our Pants now and get it when it comes out September 28th. Logan, what is your favorite part of the book? My favorite part is when... At the end, when Mango copies Robo Brass, she's like, ah. It was like, walk this way. It was like, I'll walk like this. No! Walk. Don't walk like me. But you said, you know walk this mean. way. You know what I meant. I just think that's funny. Yeah. What about you, Richard? What's your favorite part? My favorite part of the book is when Brash says, I thought the plural of octopus was octopi. And Mango said, Mmm, pie. Yeah, that was funny. Logan, do you remember how many chicken nuggets you gave investigators book one and two? I gave them five. What about you, Richard? How many did you give? Five, five. What about the third book? How many chicken nuggets do you give it? I'd give it five. I'd give it five, too. Are they chicken nuggets or are they chicken wuggets? <laughs> oh. I'm going to say chicken nuggets. Who doesn't want waffle-flavored chicken nuggets? Do you have anything else to add, Logan? Nope. Do you? No. This has been the Hey, Got a New Book podcast. I'm Richard S. And I'm Logan D. Check out our show's website at heygotanewbook.com. Follow us on Twitter at Hey, Got a Book. Listen to us on the EMC Podcast Network. And any of the podcast listening sites. Never miss a new episode by clicking the subscribe button to automatically receive new episodes as we release them. Yes, and it helps grow our show. Check out our Facebook page, Hey, Got a New Book Podcast. And lastly, check out our Tee Public store and get yourself some Hey, Got a New Book Podcast merch. Remember, you can pick up your very own copy of today's book, Investigators Off the Hook, are your local bookseller or most big box reseller? Both just suggest supporting your local bookstore and keeping them in business. And a very big thank you to our special guest today, John Patrick Green. Yeah, I like having guests. Me too. Drop us an email and let us know if there's a book you would like us to review. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Or Mango has been partnered with a robotic version of Brash called Robo Brash.